All right, friends, it's Monday, which means let's get back to it. What's Right Show, Sam Rajofsky here, your host, better known as Nevada's favorite recovering Californian. We are here uh, back, and uh, folks, a lot going on, so I'm going to just get right to it. Uh, Before I do that, this hour brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law, 702-820-1234, because you deserve what's right. COVID, yes. (laughs) That word, I think, in many of you triggers a visceral reaction, as it should. Because for most people out there, uh, not necessarily a reaction related to the illness itself, but rather to how our government and our society reacted to the virus. And one of the things that I remember early on is the lab leak theory began to be promulgated. The reaction from the mainstream media, from the state-sponsored press, was one of flat-out refusal and denial. Now, the fact that now, this past uh, several days, we have multiple reports, including a a pretty broad takedown in Forbes magazine about this, uh, COVID-19 patients... uh, Zero apparently were all at this Wuhan Institute of Virology that this was in fact a lab leak. The reason why this is relevant is not because we want, we want to relive COVID. None of us literally want to do that. But what is important is to hold all of these people accountable who for so long berated us and silenced us in an effort to combat the truth. The truth was never relevant here. The truth was never something that the mainstream media ever sought to put out there. And one of the reasons for that, in my suspicion is, of course, is that COVID uh, was something that the Uh, left-wing media, the uh, press, was very keen to uh, blow out of proportion, if you will, because it provided them with an opportunity to get rid of Trump. Never forget that element of this. And also, I'll say this in the same breath, whilst defending Trump that this thing was cooked up and that these people were all pushing this for their own, personal reasons and, of course, political agendas were at play. At the same time, Trump bought into it. I had a number of people close to me who, when Trump shut down the country, declared he's, he's lost the election. Right here, right now, this is where it's happened. He's lost the election. And I remember thinking, well, you just might be exaggerating this a bit. No, they ended up being right. I don't want to get too far down this. A sidetrack here, but the point is, right? Everything that the powers that be said about COVID was wrong. And their reaction to the truth in the moment has great instructional value for all of us because now we can look back at it. Now we know to a large degree what was in fact the case and what wasn't. 
and we can see patterns of how the mainstream media, how the government, how so-called learned individuals, scientists, experts, oh, you can put it any 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 kind of qualification in there, someone who perhaps is, oh, I don't know, with the uh, intelligence agencies, people who are knowledgeable about the world stage and how things work. Turns out that these people have their own petty small agendas. They have their own goals, objectives, that they intend to have uh, come into come into being and and what they play us for fools that's the takeaway they play all of us for fools and they don't care who they sacrifice they don't care what kids lives they ruin they don't care whose livelihood they destroy they don't care what businesses are shut down they don't care about the substance abuse and about the suicides about the kids who are forever three to four years behind as a consequence of being sent home from school at the behest of shrill politicians and their friends in the teachers' union. None of that matters to any of these people. And then what do they have the audacity to demand from us? After foisting this insanity on us, what do they want from us? They want amnesty. Which is why, if you follow this program, you know that I am Mr. No Amnesty. No way, no how, forget about it, never going to happen, I'm not going for it. Now this story, if you've been following it, Joe Rogan and this Dr. Peter Hotez and Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Now this is, uh, as it unfolds, a... a, a, um, an interesting development to the uh, to the COVID story, because I will of course tell you I think one of the uh, components of the of the COVID mitigation disaster is the government's push of the vaccines. Now, my big picture. Let me first set the stage here by saying I will tell you what my general response to medication is. Uh, my mother is a uh, is is a scientist. She is someone who's worked her entire professional life in the pharmaceutical industry. Uh, I grew up with this uh, growing up with 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 somebody who was was intimately involved with creating drugs, uh, some of which you of course would would have would recognize and possibly even have used. And I'll tell you the the, the overall. Approach to drugs by someone who makes them and creates them is drugs are powerful and they're potentially helpful, but they ought to be used with care and they ought to be used sparingly. And I know this from, again, growing up around it, I'll tell you, it takes typically a very long time for any drug to be approved by the FDA. A lot of trials, a lot of hoops have to be jumped through. And so my natural bias when the, when the vaccines rolled out is that they had been fast-tracked. Operation Warp Speed, Trump told us. 
these things, we, we, this, we moved mountains, miracles, everything. And no full trials, no a typical lengthened, protracted uh, pathways toward uh, approvals. So we, we just got provisional approvals and, 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 and temporary you know, badges of approval and then combine that with, an, and this is the part that really got me, folks, a, well, what would we call this? The push for the vaccines, right? This was uh, propaganda on a level I don't think I have seen in my lifetime in the United States of America. And Robert F. Kennedy, who, you know, this Robert F. Kennedy Jr., this is a guy who's running for the Democratic nomination for president. He's a long shot guy. I mean, not a big chance of him unseating Joe Biden, but I'll, I'll tell you, he's he's gaining some steam. It, it, interestingly enough, during the Trump years, he was just kind of a, a lib guy who, you know, went around tweeting out, you know, semi-offensive things about about Donald Trump and and left it at that. But interestingly enough, over the last couple years, three years, RFK Jr. has turned into a major COVID vaccine skeptic has written a book about it, which I have which I have at home and I have read. He's an interesting guy. And he has uh, been making media rounds, criticizing the vaccines. And there is this guy named Peter Hotez. He's a doctor. He's a vaccine researcher. And he's one of the leading pro-vax scientists, I use that term loosely, who has been pushing on this COVID vaccine nonsense from the start and has been a chief propagandist of the government. Now, I'm going to take a quick break here. I got to explain this to you so you understand what it is going, what's what's actually going on. And then most importantly, why this is important. Because my takeaway, if you really want to know, my takeaway is that all of these people that were berating us about shutdowns, berating us about vaccines, berating us about social distancing, berating us about masks, now, when confronted with evidence that they were wrong, they don't, and I say this as, as unequivocally as I possibly can, they don't want to talk about it. They do not want to be confronted. And by the way, that's not science, right? That's ideology. And that is what needs to be exposed. It's what we need to be talking about because we have to understand just what lengths people in collusion with this government is willing to go to harm us. That's what this is all about. All right, friends, got to go. Quick break. Sam Rajofsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT. You're listening to The What's Right Show, brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law. If you've been in an accident, there's no reason to call a sleazy lawyer. It's not just about the settlement check. It's about representing your interests and your values. So call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit samandashlaw.com. All right, folks, welcome back. You're listening to The What's Right Show. Sam Rajofsky here, your host. All right, all right, all right. Yes, this is this story about Peter Hotez. Do you know who this guy is? By the way, he is a, he's, he's like Mr. Vaccine. 
he's done, uh, he's devoted his life, basically, his life work to getting vaccines, uh, you know, discovered, implemented, uh, getting them certified by the FDA. FDA. Uh, by the way, I, I read something that was interesting as I'm studying about this guy. And this, of course, is the scientist who is refusing to debate RFK Jr., a politician, <laughs> and of course, a vax, uh, particularly a COVID vaccine skeptic, refusing to debate him uh, because he believes that debating RFK would be like going on Jerry Springer. That is, according to Peter Hodes. And now, before I tell you about who this guy so I have a question for you. Take something that you are good at. Let's say you know guns. It's a hobby. Or maybe you're even a gunsmith. Or let's say that you know and understand uh, whatever your field is. You understand plumbing. You understand HVAC. You understand electrical uh, problems. You're willing, as a consequence of your experience in your field, or in something that interests you, to be willing to, you'd be willing to go head, you know, toe to toe with anybody to debate the merits of some problem because you get it, you understand it. None of it would be diminishing. See, this story caught my eye. I, I, I'm not a, my, my wife loves Joe Rogan. I don't, I don't listen to his show. But what's interesting is. When Rogan put out the challenge and said, I'll put in a hundred grand of my money, donate it to a charity of your choice, if you, Dr. Peter Hotez from Houston, Texas, come on the the, the Rogan show and are are willing to debate RFK Jr. That was the premise of it. That was the we'll call it that was the throwdown, the, the gauntlet. And Hotez said no way, Jose. <laughs> and I, my, my antenna immediately, oh, the hairs on the back of my neck went up because this was just as uh, definitive proof came out that the uh, COVID virus, in fact, did leak from a Wuhan lab. It did, in fact, leak from a laboratory that was sponsored by the NIH. Dr. Fauci sent money to this lab had them perform gain-of-function research, which, by the way, he denied under oath when testifying in the House of Representatives. I mean, the scandal of this, right, this is, it's of epic proportion. The entire COVID myth is coming apart. How it happened, what the proper approach was to mitigating against it, the damage done to society as a consequence of the widely accepted, well, not by me and not by you, but by the mainstream media, the widely accepted COVID mitigation measures. And last but not least, the enormous governmental abuses, the violations of the First Amendment rights, of countless Americans who spoke up against this, particularly experts in a position to be able to give their expert analysis. And Hotez is one of these, he's one of these governmental prostitute scientists 
that went on the radio nonstop and went on TV and went on anywhere he could go to fanboy over the vi- over over the vaxes. Now this is significant. And here he has an opportunity to double down, and not even double down, but but back up what he has been saying all these years. And and guess what? He won't do it. My point with what I was saying earlier is that if if you're uh, one of the top HVAC guys in Las Vegas, I'm just throwing this out there, you're willing to talk to anybody. You would go on this show, for example, and defend your your craft, your your skill against some politician who's right up on it and doesn't, you know, if if you're really calling RFK Jr. a crank and saying he's not a scientist, surely you as a PhD experienced guy in your field had no problem making a fool out of him. But because he's refusing to do that, I'm going to tell you folks, I'm, my suspicion is that he knows he's full of crap and knows and knows he's going to get called out for it. Now, the media is still holding uh, water for him, by the way. Here's CNN. I think this is Molly Jung Fast talking to Jim Acosta about why Hotez should not go on the program. No, he should absolutely not. And I would say do- uh, Dr. Peter Hotez is a... Uh lifelong public servant who work in a low-cost vaccine mm. for developing countries. The man has de- devoted himself to science. He is an incredibly good man. We both know him. Uh, RFK Jr. is a crank and an anti-vaxxer. And we all know why these very wealthy tech bros are pumping him up at the last minute, because they know, or they're pretty sure that Republicans are going to nominate a very unelectable candidate, and then they are trying anything they can to prevent Biden from getting reelected. And so they're propping up this third party candidate. I mean, you listen to RFK Jr., the stuff he says, it doesn't even make any sense. Oh, and there's no reason that Dr. Peter Hotez <laughs> should even bother. With okay, it. stop Elevate. it. Stop it. I can't even listen to this. Right. No reason for him to go on there. No reason at all. This is a guy who's developed drugs that have saved lives for poor people, low-cost vaccines. You know what she's referring to, by the way? She's referring to a vaccine called Moscurix. This was funded by the Gates Foundation. It's a malaria vaccine. Now, it's owned now by uh, a, a big pharmaceutical company, but the trials produced absolutely horrifying results. Ten times higher risk of meningitis, cerebral malaria, it doubled the risk of death in the vaccine cohort. Sound familiar? It killed, it killed countless poor people, including many, many African children. And yet the World Health Organization, who, remember them, endorsed the drug. That's who this Peter Hotez guy is. And CNN is still, is still shilling for him. Do you, do you understand why we're talking about this now? Why this is important? These are the people whose word, whose word the media and most of America, particularly on the left, left breathlessly took as gospel truth. 2020, 2021, even into 2022. Well, folks, it's 2023. It's time we call it for, you know, what it is. 
Sorry, I'm at more on this weekend. There's other stuff going on, too. Don't worry. I'll get to it all. Sam Marjofsky, News Talk 840, KXNT. Personal injury law is constantly changing. Uber and Lyft accidents aren't like other cases, but most law firms haven't kept up. Don't trust a new case to a lawyer who's stuck in the past. Call Sam and Ash, 702-820-1234, or visit SamAndAshLaw.com. All right, friends, here we go. Sam Rajofsky, News Talk 840 KXNT. You're listening to the What's Right Show. Your place for common sense conservatism, Monday through Friday, 1 to 3 p.m. Yes, common sense is exactly what was missing from the entire COVID spectacle. By the way, I was, let me tell you this real fast here. I was, uh, on Saturday, I was on the strip. I I told you I was going to go. It was 7 o'clock. It was the, the victory parade. Stanley Cup victory parade. I was there. And yes, it was incredible. And I'll, I'll tell you more about it later in the program. But out came those the barricades, you know, those metal barricades that they use to crowd management and whatnot. As someone who was, believe it or not, this is going to sound crazy to you. I lived on the strip during COVID. I moved, uh, <laughs> I was one of, I don't know, maybe, I don't know, 20 people. I'm kidding but very few people that that stayed in town during COVID. And those barricades were like triggering to me because they reminded me of of every front to every casino, every walkway. It was, you'd have to, I go on these evening walks, you know, when everything was closed. Yeah, so, so March, you know, March, April, May, if you recall, beginning of June, the casinos reopened. And toward the end, it became a spectacle. Everybody gave up on it. People were riding their bikes up and down, you know, Las Vegas Boulevard. But but in the early stages, it was a ghost town. It was absolutely horrible. And they had these barricades up. So I saw the barricades. I just, I, I this shudder went through me. Because I remember parkouring over them just to get my evening walk in. And... And I just remember the insanity that we here, for example, in Las Vegas, approached life with. We we empowered the gaming commission to impose, you know, huge fines on casinos for the smallest COVID infraction. Casinos that were out of money, who were literally on their last leg when we were reopening. I just... I, I want to put this all into perspective. And that's just money. Those are just big businesses. Where my office is in downtown in the arts district here in Las Vegas, I can tell you of real misery, of economic waste laid at the feet of these small businesses trying to make it. And then the kids. You're never going to tell me that a second grader, a first grader, a third grader should be learning virtually uh, on a screen. The whole point, and we know this is common sense, people, the entire point of, of, of life right now in 2023, whatever, in, in this era of ours, is to keep kids off screens for as much as is humanly possible. Every study that is done, 
less screen time, the smarter and better adjusted kid you get. So this, is, this isn't stuff we're making up as we go. We know this. We knew this, and we knew it at the time that this was all happening. Yet in the name of science, in the name of getting Trump, in the name of hysteria, we allowed ourselves to be sidetracked. That's why the story about this Dr. Peter Hotez that will not go on Joe Rogan and debate RFK Jr. matters to me. It matters to me because this slimy, disgusting, disingenuous hack scientist, this quack, berated all of us about all things COVID, was one of many useful I'm not even gonna call him a useful idiot. He's one of the, one of the, because this is a guy. He's not an idiot. Okay, let's let's be clear about this. This is a guy who has taken millions from the Gates Foundation, from NIH, Dr. Fauci's group. He's bought and paid for, and as a consequence, was perfectly willing to lie to every single American, together with all his other people that were bought and paid for. And to put this country on a pathway to ruin, because right now you look at the economy today, you look at the fact that we don't have Trump in the White House, you look at the fact that we've got Biden sleepwalking through a presidency. And a lot of this I can trace back to our reaction to COVID, our overreaction to COVID. So no, he's not a useful idiot. By the way, Hotez over a period of time changed his tune on some of this stuff, particularly vaccines. Now this is the this is where it gets it, it gets it gets weird. He, yeah, he got he goes through and I've got the I know I've I've got the uh, I've got the, the 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 clips here. So here's his evolution. Here's his evolution on vaccines. Listen to this. I don't think EUAs have a place for vaccines. We know it's a lesser quality review. The emergency use authorization closely approximates the full uh, approval process, so there's uh, nothing really rushed. Any vaccine released by emergency use authorization by the FDA is an outstanding uh, vaccine. News is good. It's saying even after six months, it still looks like it's really strong and durable, so this is going to be a long-lasting vaccine. A single dose is not very effective, but two doses fully vaccinated people are. A week or two after the second dose, the masks and start to come off. We can have an extraordinary quality of life. We are going to vaccinate our way out of this epidemic starting in the summer. Once you get over 65% of the population with a single dose of the vaccine, the amount of transmission will really start to decline. I can't even keep listening. There's more and more here. Now, why in the beginning did he say, I don't think emergency uh, use authorizations have a place for vaccines? We shouldn't rush it. We know it's a lesser quality review. Why was that in the beginning? I'll wait as I fold my arms here and make a pouty face. Oh, that's right. Because in the beginning, the orange man was president and none of these people liked the orange man and the orange man's efforts to reopen the country were met with nothing but scoffs. You can't do this. You can't rush the vaccine. You can't do this. And the minute that Trump was gone, I mean, it was it was before Trump was gone. It was literally Trump. The election happened in November, and Democrats started to feel pretty good about how all the votes came in, and and immediately began changing their tune. I'm going to say this, and I don't mean to sound outlandish here, but it almost 
if you go back and play the tapes of Joe Biden during the campaign, he criticized the rush of the vaccine. And it wasn't until Trump was out, was done, was politically vanquished in the eyes of the Democratic Party that everyone began to change their tune. So listen to me and hear me out on this. This compilation here is how I know Dr. Peter Hotez is a political hoe. Tez had to do that. That he adjusted his view of this based on who was in the office. And the, look, I, you and I were around during this time, so you know this is, this is true. You know this is exactly how it all went down, okay? Now here's, um, well, here, here's Peter Hotez. Now, uh, this is Sunday on MSNBC with Mehdi Hassan. Uh, he's, he's, got, he's got a new book. This is where it gets good. He's got a new book. And he's going to tell us exactly how many people would have died if it wasn't for vaccine disinformation. Yes, precisely. Our entire problem here was too much truth, not having not enough of it. Listen. I have a new book coming out that basically says 200,000 Americans needlessly perished because they believe the anti-vaccine disinformation and refuse to take a COVID vaccine after vaccines were widely uh, available. And that's why we that's why we have to have that discussion. And I offered to come and talk to go on Joe Rogan again. I've been on a couple of times yeah. and have that discussion with him, but not to turn it into the Jerry Springer show with having RFK Jr. <laughs> on. Yeah, this is despicable. Again, don't you think that if you are the preeminent expert in your field, and this guy allegedly is one of the top vaccine researchers in the country, you, you would debate anybody, particularly if they've got as wide of an audience as RFK Jr. does and a platform like RFK Jr. does, debate them and make a fool out of them if, in fact, you truly believe you are as right as you say you are. I would. I mean, name the issue. The, the stuff, I mean, I'll, I'll take on any liberal on the economy. I'll take any liberal on, on a radical gender ideology vis-a-vis -vis kids. I'll take any liberal on crime and punishment. I'll take any liberal on, on the issues that I study and care about. Anyone. You throw in 100K for charity, or now, by the way, the number is up a lot higher. I think it's in the millions because people are donating to the cost. People are saying, literally, we want to hear this debate. Let's have it. Let's up the ante. Because, by the way, this little, you know, I'm, I can't use the word, Peter Hotez. He goes, well, this, this $100,000 is just not that much money. It's really not that much money. If, if, if... <laughs> Yeah, if, if, if they were serious about this debate, if Joe Rogan really want to, would want to um, have me on, they, they would offer a lot more money. So people took him up on it, by the way. <laughs> I, I love America. Everybody's sending in money, and now it's in the, in, I think it's some over well over a million dollars uh, is in the pot. I haven't seen the updated stat, but it's, it's been going up all day. 
So yes, you would debate it. Yes, you would debate all this. You would go on. And by the way, this now is exactly why you see the mainstream media shilling for this guy. He's going on CNN. He's going on, he's going on MSNBC. Here's a continuation of the interview. Real fast, I'm going to play this for you. Where Mehdi Hassan describes what it would be like for somebody as brilliant and as wise and as correct as Dr. Peter Hotez talking to someone like RFK Jr., Oh, my gosh. I'm so fed up with the debate me, debate me, uh, because it's not really about the debate. If it was about finding out information, as you said, you've already written about vaccines and autism. You've already spoken and written about COVID vaccines. I think you've been on MSNBC and other channels hundreds of times since the start of the pandemic. People can hear your views and the evidence you bring to this. So they're not actually interested in evidence. And it saddens me that you're a man who basically has saved lives abroad uh, with the vaccines you've developed, whereas RFK has contributed to a culture, a vaccine misinformation culture, that has led to the deaths, as you say, of hundreds of thousands of lives, and yet he's the one being celebrated by tech billionaires like Musk and Jack Dorsey while you're being smeared and defamed. There's a time and a place for a debate. I don't think a historian of World War II should debate a Holocaust denier. Oh, really? Holocaust denier? You know they're losing the fight when they when when they employ this kind of incendiary rhetoric. And by the way, Hassan's an idiot, which is why he works for MSNBC. Because when he talks about Dr. Peter Hotez saving lives and doing great things, literally his only vaccine that's ever seen the light of day is the Muscarix vaccine that was funded by Gates. And um and it's it's I mean it had terrible results. It doubled the risk of death in every person that was in the vaccine cohort. Failed to achieve any kind of uh, sterilizing immunity uh, for malaria and had uh, significant bad uh, side effects. Uh, Even Gates, even the Gates Foundation dropped their support for the shot, shot. Okay. And who picked it up, of course, you know, and then whatever. And, And African kids predominantly in Africa, right? This was this was used and deployed in places where people couldn't fight back. They couldn't sue. They couldn't hold him accountable. They were maimed and killed by this. This guy deserves no accolades, and yet the left continues to shill for him. Ask yourself why. Sam Rajovsky, News Talk 840 KXNT, be back in a moment. All right, the amount now is $2.6 million. That's the amount of money in the pot to lure Dr. Peter Hotez, Mr. Vax Guru, uh, to debate RFK Jr. uh, on the Joe Rogan podcast. Sam Marjofsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT. You're listening to The What's Right Show, live and local, coming to you from beautiful downtown Las Vegas. Yes. That's a lot of money. Remember, of course, that Peter Hotez uh, said over the weekend, wow, it's just a hundred grand that is being put up by Spotify and is being put up by Joe Rogan. We don't, this is such a small amount. If they were serious about it, they'd put up a million dollars to help fund vaccine research and help uh, people make a difference. May have to eat those words, but trust me, folks, he's not going to want to go out and debate. 
Now, ironically, and you'd almost feel bad for him at this point because he's like this. You don't know where I'm going with this, do you, Rob? Robbie's getting worried. He doesn't know where I'm going. Ironically, Peter Hotez uh, refusing to debate RFK Jr. Now, I'm starting to feel bad for RFK Jr. because it's like nobody wants to play with him. Because at the same time that Hotez won't take 2.6 million and rising to debate RFK Jr., neither will Joe Biden. And that's the other part of the story, right? Joe Biden will not, even though, even though RFK Jr. is a declared candidate for the Democratic Party nomination, uh, Joe Biden as the incumbent party uh, of the party who was president, um, he has a, it's, it's, there's a presumption, right, that he's not, he's going to run unopposed from people in his party. Now, the reason people are opposing him is because he's a dead man walking. The reason he's running uh, with opposition, now only two people, right, it's RFK Jr. and uh, Marianne Williamson. Uh, RFK, in my opinion, is, is, is actually a, a candidate that can get some traction and might see uh, might see his poll numbers go up, particularly with these controversies, right? But uh, the, the reason that the, the reason that Trump, excuse me, the reason Biden's running opposed, and there may be further candidates that, that throw themselves in the mix, is because the, the overall impression right now is that you know you vote in Joe Biden, he, he doesn't have four years left. What you're really voting for is the laughing hyena. You got Kamala Harris. And uh, those of us who hail from the uh, once golden state of California know very well how she got to the top. And it wasn't brains. Um, it wasn't skill. Well, it was some skill, uh, no doubt. But it certainly wasn't intelligence. She's a disaster. And as a consequence, I think many Democrats and lots of independents are looking at a vote for Biden as being really a vote for Kamala Harris, and that's uh, disconcerting for people. Now, RFK, and Robbie raises his point, it's very true. RFK is taking a bigger nomination share right now than DeSantis is with the GOP in a lot of polls. So the idea that Biden should not have to debate him, uh, frankly, is, is, is very undemocratic. And I've said this before, right? The Democratic Party, let's just for a minute enjoy the irony of the name, is a party that is actually in its process of choosing its nominee very undemocratic. You've got all the superdelegates, you've got the party grandees, the donor class, all those people have an outsized say in the process, in the primaries, in, in, in the fight to, to, to choose the candidate, the nominee. Well, yeah, you, you're right. I mean, take any socialist, communist uh, country, right? They, you know, they have democratic and peoples in their name too. And, and of course, it doesn't mean anything. So in that sense, the Democratic Party is very aligned with, say, North Korea and China. Um, well, there are other similarities too. But I say this because RFK now has the unique 
position of really having no one want to debate him. Nobody wants to sit down with him. And I think this is going to be a, an, a major issue in this upcoming election. And that's why I want to put you ahead of this. All this, you know, backwards looking back at COVID and, and examining the stuff that's been happening that has occurred, it's important to raise it. It's important to keep our minds on top of it because we know well that these things could happen again. But the other part of it, the reason why it's very important moving forward is I think it'll play a major role in, 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 in the election coming up, particularly if Biden does seize the nomination. All right, when we come back, if you go to a store, speaking of California, the candy is locked up at the store. Can you believe that? I'll tell you why this matters and why we have to make sure it never happens here in Nevada. Sam Rajofsky, News Talk 840, KXNT. If you've been in an accident, there's no reason to call a sleazy lawyer. It's not just about the settlement check. It's about representing your interests and your values. So call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit samandashlaw.com. All right, friends, as part of this being a common sense program, I like to, from time to time, talk about reality denialism. Sam Rajofsky here, Nevada's favorite recovering Californian, truth teller, a lawyer, and all-around great guy. You're listening to The What's Right Show. Friends, I, I couple of, no, not just a couple. There have been several media appearances made by the governor of our neighboring state. This is, uh, yes, um, Gavin Newsom, the governor of California. Now, he gave an interview the other day for a a Fox affiliate station. I'm going to play a portion of that because it's mind-numbing. The ease with which some leftists maybe most leftists, are able to lie. But before I get to that, I want to mention something huge. Not huge, but just big that I noticed that many of you may have just seen or maybe even experienced, but taken for granted. Now, what do I mean by all this? I mentioned earlier that I went down on Saturday night with my kids, okay? Our family went down to the Las Vegas Strip to see the victory parade, Stanley Cup parade, to see uh, players, the team, uh, the buses go by, it floats, everything come down the boulevard, and um, they went around, kind of around uh, the, the hotel in New York, New York there, and went in back way, and the whole thing kind of culminated on Toshiba Plaza. Now, I don't... This isn't really about the hockey of it. This is not about the, 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 it's about the event, but it's what it says about Vegas. We had this gathering of our community in a very uh, tight, uh, you know, condensed place in the heart of town. If you maybe can consider the strip that, right? It's very densely uh, populated you know, during the day with people staying in the hotels, etc. And guess what? I mean, we had, what, 300,000 or so folks come down between the Bellagio, between uh, Flamingo and, let's say, Tropicana, right? And, I mean, there was some crime, but we didn't burn any cars. No one was shot. 
People were orderly. I felt safe walking around with my family. So I just what I want to what I just want to give a huge first off shout out to Metro and all the agencies that participated in keeping everybody safe. But I also want to want to recognize here that we're a unique city for the amount of people that celebrated this this uh, sports championship event. I mean, look at what went down in 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 Denver. Look at what goes down in Philly. Look at goes what happens in these cities that have these type of parades and events that occur and all the stuff that happens. So why is that? I read a story that over the weekend, and it relates to all of this, that now stores in San Francisco are locking up. If you go to CVS or Walgreens, you, you, you walk in the store, the candy aisle, the candy aisle is locked up. You have to ask an attendant to come over and open up the display there so you can get, what, is a, what does a bag of Skittles cost? Not really a candy person. What is, what is that, a buck? A buck 50? Whatever. I, I mean, a dollar 50 for a bag of Skittles and they have to unlock it and open it up for you. And as I'm standing, because I was, I was in between, I was in between where, where Crystal, uh, Crystal's, the shopping center is, Aria, right? City center and park. And there's, there's a CVS in there right on Las Vegas Boulevard. Now there's several CVSs on Las Vegas Boulevard. Guess what? They have some, you know, like higher end liquor, I've seen that that's locked up. They've got some items that are locked up, but they certainly don't have the candy aisle locked up. Now, why is it? Well, it's simple. Here in Nevada and here in Las Vegas, we punish lawbreakers. It's it's that easy. If we didn't, if we allowed anybody to willy-nilly go into the store and rob us blind, guess what we wouldn't have in short order? A CVS. We also wouldn't have any any business revenues would tank and our state will be upside down because we rely on folks coming here and visiting, feeling secure. So safety is of, of, of paramount importance to our economy. It's foundational. Now, I've mentioned this a handful of times here about San Francisco and how it's deteriorating. There's news last week that a major shopping center pulled out of downtown San Francisco. Now, this is the Westfield. Uh, I've been there many, many, many times. F- folks, there were high-end stores in this mall. There were, uh, you know, the, the, the best of the best, a Rolex boutique. It had, um, it had Louis Vuitton. It had, uh, I think it was a three or four story at the very top, Nordstrom's. An incredible Nordstrom's, maybe one of the nicest Nordstrom's I've ever been to. This was high-end boutique shopping. They're pulling out. They're gone. Now, here's why I'm bringing it up, because Gavin Newsom, who, folks, watch this guy, keep your eyes on him like hawks. Because he's making political moves. The reason he is talking, the reason he's engaging, the reason he went on that hor- horrifying, softy, uh, just, I don't know what it was, uh, uh, um, f- f- 
I don't know, this interview that he did with Sean Hannity was, was a disaster. Hannity is a lightweight. And he let him off easy. He just let him make his points. You know, you can use data to manipulate anything. So here's Gavin Newsom. This is an update on what he's talking about. He's saying, well, you know, this, all this stuff, right? You know, because the reporter asks him, right? What goes through your mind when you see businesses moving out of San Francisco? Never forget, by the way, Gavin Newsom was a, a mayor of San Francisco, the mayor of San Francisco before he went on to become governor. And uh, here's what Newsom says about this. It's just delusional. They're struggling to recover from the pandemic. They're struggling uh, to come back. They're struggling with the, the, the macroeconomic shifts, particularly as it relates to uh, telework, as it relates to what's the future of a downtown. Is it stacking of offices or stacking of people? And they're in the process of rezoning and rebirth and reimagination. By the way, I've seen that in San Francisco for decades. Yeah. 2.7% unemployment right now. Uh, San Francisco, you go to the city and you sit back, you go, why, why am I listening to the dystopian views? This place is spectacular, it's amazing. It's amazing if you're rich. It's amazing if you're Gavin Newsom. By the way, he has a fancy restaurant in town. I'm not going to name it. And I've I've known I've heard this from friends that live there. It's it's almost incredible how the, Gavin Newsom's restaurant is the one place in town where in front of it you will not see a Fenty bro with a needle sticking out of his arm passed out on the sidewalk. Amazing how that works, right? It's good when you're in when you're in the powers that be. It's perfectly fine and acceptable if you get into a chauffeur-driven car and are driven from point A to point B. But it takes a special level of narcissism and of uh, well and and of denialism to to uh, disregard what is happening in these once great American cities. And we don't you, you don't need to be a criminology expert to understand why. I'll tell you why Westfield is moving out. It's because that section of of the street there, which is um, uh, just was was at one point a a bustling thoroughfare, nice part of town, Four Seasons Hotel, high end hotels. All around it, right? There's Four Seasons a block away. It had a food court down below. When I'd stay at the Four Seasons, I'd go down there to the food court, go in the basement. It was unbelievable. I think it was a Bristol Farms. I mean, just very high-end, very high-end. But gradually, in the last four or five years, it didn't take long. It preceded COVID, which is what makes Gavin Newsom's statement here such a lie. They let crime get out of control all in the name of this perverse ideology called social justice. The idea that we are arresting too many people because they're black, because they're brown, because they're disadvantaged or poor or they're unhoused. And we had to do less of that. So the mandate, Chesa Boudin, right, the DA that comes in, the entire city council, they tell the police, stand down. They tell the prosecutors, don't prosecute these people. Don't go after them. And gradually it turns into no no man's land. Who wants to go to Nordstrom's and spend way too much for stuff and then have to step over human poopsicles on their way out?
No one. And why does this matter? This is such an important, it, it's such an important issue because right on our doorstep is total anarchy. If we let this perverse ideology make its way into Nevada, we're doomed, folks. We're absolutely doomed. And by the way, all of this fits into a pattern of, of, of other t- forms of left-wing denialism, right? They just make stuff up as they go along. How can you debate somebody who swears to you, like right now, what is it, 216, almost 217, it's sunny outside. What if I just swear to you it's nighttime? How can you have a debate with me under those conditions? I mean, it goes with this other story. It's a 13-year-old girl. And her friend, this, this girl gets in trouble for saying that the, the student is not a cat. Yeah, that's a real story. I, I got more. Folks, you don't want to go anywhere. Sam Rajovsky, News Talk 840 KXNT. You're listening to The What's Right Show. Welcome back to The What's Right Show, your place for common sense conservatism here on News Talk 840 KXNT. Friends, my name is Sam Rajovsky, your host, uh, here on this program Monday through Friday. Um, yeah, so this, this is a great story. By the way, this did not happen in the U.S., believe it or not. A 13-year-old student uh, were, I guess, reprimanded by their school. They've been suspended, apparently, by telling a classmate, how can you identify as a cat when you're a girl? Now, what I love about this story is you can get in trouble in this world of ours by stating the obvious, by stating a fact that is self-evident to anyone with eyes that this particular classmate of theirs is 13 years old as well, identifying apparently as a cat, wanted to be uh, referred to as cat and cat self, all the different pronouns, whatever. She thought she was a cat. And everybody was forced to go along with it. It is maddening that we have to accept an, a completely uh, uh, augmented view of reality all for the sake of a prevailing ideology. And this is, by the way, the same thing that bothers me when it comes to objective failures that left-wing policies have brought cities across this country. And we're not talking about it. In fact, we're allowing a guy like Gavin Newsom to say, well, there's nothing, no, there's no problem here. No biggie. Or it's just everything's going across uh, according to plan. I mentioned that interview. Uh, here uh, is another take. So the, uh, the uh, uh, LA anchors, Fox LA anchor, Alex McHaleson, uh, uh talking to Gavin Newsom asks um, him about this and why are malls closing? And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's just macroeconomic shifts. That's it. And yes, there is macroeconomic shifts. Westfield shut down a number of shopping malls in Florida. There's issues related to shopping malls. There's issues related to Walgreens and others that have shut down all across this country. Yeah. Everything in San Francisco, again, gets colored in and it's made 10x bigger. Okay. First off, the West, there's been a couple of malls, I think, shut down by Westfield around 
the U.S. These are malls in rural areas. They're not big malls. This Westfield that shut down in San Francisco might be one of the biggest, if not the biggest, then certainly one of the most expensive of its properties. And it was, and I can vouch for this, before COVID was already in a state of decline, but preceding that 10 years ago, was absolutely a stunning crown jewel. And the reason people stopped going there is not because of COVID. It was because of the crime. Now, as far as Walgreens and CVSs and drugstores changing, I'm, yeah, I mean, they're adding stores on Las Vegas Boulevard. I can tell you that. Every time I blink, there's a new CVS coming up or, or getting remodeled. These stores are doing very well in Las Vegas. But the minute that there's any problems, in comes Metro and they start hauling people away. People get arrested here. People go to jail here. People are held to account, and I'm talking about Las Vegas, people are held to account for for stealing, for vandalism, and other crimes. You can't just, you know, just wait, you know, wave a magic, you know, wand and say, this is, well, this is not really what was happening. And this kind of denialism, right, is very dangerous. And these are going to be issues that drive the election, uh, the debate around the election in 24. Mark my words. Now, one thing that is interesting to me, if, again, if you've noticed Gavin Newsom making quite a bit of appearances uh, outside of the state of California, not necessarily uh, for the benefit of Californians, meaning he is ramping up his efforts to raise his national profile. He has said repeatedly that he would enter the race if if Joe Biden were not uh, the candidate uh, for president, right? He's not going to challenge uh, uh, Joe Biden head on. He's going to be a good Democrat. I'm referring to uh, Gavin Newsom, governor of California. You know, my take on this is that I, I think that if you get a candid assessment from a number of Democrats, this race on the Democratic side could be wide open. And it could be wide open because I, I, I think, number one, there are very serious uh, health concerns that, that Joe Biden has. But two, there is, uh, among the party grandees, among the, the folks that are on the inside of the Democratic Party. They are deeply concerned that Joe Biden doesn't have what it takes to get across the finish line. There's been some polling, by the way, that supports this. I saw this piece, uh, this in the Daily Mail. Uh, DeSantis has the best chance of beating Biden in 2024. Um, Independence, by the way, oh my gosh. Independence love Mike Pence, proving once again that independents don't have a clue about what the F is going on. Um, no, it's but, but still, it's a squeaker, and Biden is Biden is ahead of DeSantis. I want to make that very clear. But what I think the left is starting to realize: okay, we got our indictment of Trump. We're 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 starting to 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 give Trump some wounds. But what if this makes Trump stronger? What if Trump, or alternatively, what if Trump is not the nominee? Does Biden and 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 the and laughing Kamala Harris ha 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 have what it takes 
to get across the finish line and win in 24. And I think the, the, the answer that you're getting from a lot of people on the inside is no. And they're quietly super on the DL freaking out about it. Now, a guy like Gavin Newsom, what does he know that you don't? Well, Nancy Pelosi's his aunt, right? This guy is uh, basically, you know, he is the, uh, he, he is like a, 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 yeah, he's a golden child of the Democratic Party, but he's on the inside. He's hearing these conversations. They're all quietly sending him bat signals. Get your engines, you know, get them going. Keep yourself visible. You never know what's going to happen. A wink, wink telling you folks this this race is still very much in flux the idea of it being an automatic biden deal in 24 versus whatever republican is not true it's not a given promise you that all right don't go anywhere we'll be back in a moment the what's right show brought to you by sam and ash injury law will continue Personal injury law is constantly changing. Uber and Lyft accidents aren't like other cases, but most law firms haven't kept up. Don't trust a new case to a lawyer who's stuck in the past. Call Sam and Ash, 702-820-1234, or visit SamAndAshLaw.com. What a beautiful day in downtown Las Vegas. Sunny outside, warm Everything I love about living in Southern Nevada. Sam Rajovsky here. News Talk 840 KXNT. You're listening to the What's Right Show, live and local, Monday through Friday, 1 to 3 p.m. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to – I want to get to this. Yes, oh, folks, uh, yeah, listen, um, I, this story about – What's been going on with the Dodgers? You know, on Saturday, they had, according to the New York Post, uh, their worst game, the Dodgers, in L.A. The worst game in 125 years. It was a total blowout playing the Giants. A 15-0 loss. The Dodgers last lost a 15-0 home game in 1898. By the way, do you know what they were called back then? They were, I didn't know this. They were called the Brooklyn Bridegrooms. Yep, the Brooklyn Bridegrooms. And they lost to the Pittsburgh Pirates. By the way, the Brooklyn Bridegrooms, now the L.A. Dodgers. What happened the day before when they also lost to the, uh, to the Giants, but not as badly? They played that game, by the way, to a uh, half-empty stadium. Nobody wants to talk about this. And this is because they had their Pride Night. And that was not the issue. The Pride Night's not the issue. It's that they invited these ghastly, uh, what are they, the, the, the Sisters of Perpetual uh, Indulgence, the mock uh, group that uh, like it makes fun of Catholic nuns, but it's all drag queens. And this is the group that the Dodgers first invited to receive a community award at Pride Night, then disinvited after, well, I, as you imagine, a lot of Dodgers fans are very Catholic. And then when the trans people flipped, you know, flipped out, they all said, no, 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 okay, we, we've, we've done a listening tour. We've heard you, invited them back. 
And there were huge protests on Friday. There were huge protests before the games, the game. But then they claimed, and this was this is what was interesting. They claimed that the the game was was well attended. And this fits into again this narrative, or it's narrative. It's not even narrative. It's this the reality that of the, the left, in order to get its points across, oftentimes has to deny things that are manifestly obvious. I read somewhere, I was going through the, yeah, the Dodgers claimed that they had 49,000 fans in the stadium on Friday. 49,000 fans. By the way, I think that stadium can fit 55, maybe 55, 54, something like that. No, 52,000 is what it can, it can see roughly that amount. Do you know what the real number was? The people that were there looking, taking photos, second, third inning in, you know, not right at the beginning of the game, but the game was already well underway. Estimates, at most 25,000 fans. So they just coolly and calmly doubled the estimates. Said, oh yeah, no problem, nothing to see here. Now, people... You know, in sports, games are lost for a variety of reasons. Uh, but I also would like to point out that I, I think that a politics got in the way of the game. You don't lose this bad when you're the Dodgers. It, 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 you know, the, 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 I guess in, if in the back of your heads, you've got this political distraction. You've got this, you know, your, your team has decided to honor a group that I know, and we know this because a number of the players came out and said, we don't really want us affiliated with this. We just want to play baseball. We, I, we love the sport. We love our team. We love the city. But, you know, I, I'm a Catholic. I, I believe in God. I, I, I believe, uh, you know, you're making a mockery of my religion. And I have a, I have a point here I, that I, I want to make, and this is this is – important in the context of all of this because the players that spoke out were criticized by members of the media and liberal politicians and whatnot. And I just want to say this. If the Dodgers decided to honor a group that mocked Muslims, what do you think would be the mainstream political reaction to that? See, I think that it would be quite obvious you know, that would be unacceptable. The Dodgers would experience blowback from Muslims standing up and saying, you're making a mockery of my religion. You're insulting my faith. And the Dodgers would have to go, well, we're sorry, you're right. Oh my gosh. And they they would apologize and make it right and never invite uh, the, um, I don't know, the, um, the sultans of perpetual indulgence would never allow them back if that is what the equivalent would be, right? Uh, and, and, and the fact that in America today, you can make fun of Christians, you can mock Catholics, you can, you can say whatever you want about Mormons. There are a few other groups. And you can get away with it, all in the name of, oh, it's just tongue-in-cheek, oh, we're just making some social criticism. You know, it's got to be one way or the other, folks. This is what common sense is. If you want to make a mockery of religion, that's perfectly fine to make a mockery of all religions. But you can't just persecute and go after one group. Yeah. Producer Robbie says, Madam Imams. 
<laughs> that would be the <laughs> that would be the group. That would be the group to to get banned. Yeah, Dearborn, Michigan isn't gonna have the have that group uh, come on the come on the baseball pitch. No, no doubt. Okay, but it's it's I I'm telling you that devastating loss the next day. I guarantee you, the players got home after that game. And go that was a mess. What a gross display. The fans were not in the not not out there. Were were and it was demoralizing. And that is what leftism is, by the way, folks. It is demoralizing. It's depressing. The endless push of this agenda and to have it permeate every aspect of life. I've had a few of you reach out to me. Why do you keep talking about the Golden Knights? Enough of it. We want to hear about what's going on in the world. Well, you know what I like about the Golden Knights? I like that I can go to a game and forget about politics for a minute. I like that I can sit there in my, you know, season ticket holder seats that I have and people around me that I, I see, you know, game after game. I don't even know what their politics are. They probably know what mine mine are, certainly. But we talk about the, the game. We talk about life. We talk about Vegas. There's more to life than politics. And that's what draws people to sport. And the reason that these activists want to hijack sports so badly is that they... <laughs> <laughs> they want to take that away. They want they wa- they want it all. They want to poison every aspect of our lo- of our lives. And and some of these people, of course, are the same ones that are saying, "No, we by all means we should not have a national anthem played at the beginning of a sporting event." Right? You think about this. It's 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 important. I mean, it's important to talk about it. Now, here's a lawsuit I want to talk about when we come back. There's a woman in California who is suing Kaiser Permanente Hospital. It's a big, large medical group nationwide and insurer also for pushing her into a gender-changing surgery. I told you this is only a matter of time. These lawsuits are coming. I can't wait to get my hands on when I say this as a, as a lawyer here in Las Vegas and in California. Th- th- these are cases that, that will be brought and they are they are just and will be pursued. I'll tell you about this case when we return. But you, you, this is um, actually a very sad story, and I hope this uh, young woman gets some justice. Sam Rajovsky, News Talk eight forty KXNT. The price of weakness continues. Antony Blinken, Secretary of State in uh, China. A meeting with the Chinese leaders there and says the U.S. does not support Taiwan independence. This is not good. Uh, meanwhile, Biden is uh, obsessed himself with weighty issues here at home. Sam Rajovsky, News Talk 840 KXNT. You're listening to the What's Right show. Uh, Biden, uh, speaking at the White House, seems to think that well, being gay, you're just going to get kicked out of restaurants. Listen to this. When a person can be married in the morning and thrown out of a restaurant for being gay in the afternoon, something is still very wrong in America. <laughs> I remember him endorsing conservatives getting thrown out of restaurants, people that worked for Trump. Remember that came out in the election? As he was running for office, he said, well, this is, he would talk about civility. He, he wouldn't... He, yeah, that's right. He wouldn't speak out against restaurants that wouldn't serve conservatives. He says, well, this is, you know, these, these people are really despicable and you've got to exercise your, 
you know, your, 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 uh, what was it? Well, these businesses, they're private businesses. They have the right to refuse service to people that they don't like. I, I, I mean, if PolitiFact, by the way, rated this claim as people are mostly true. This is because there are a handful of states that, um, I guess, um, don't have rules against denying service to people based on their orientation. I don't, I, again, I, in my world, I've never seen this happen. Uh, and I, I think there's plenty of discrimination by the left of conservatives. I have had that happen. I don't complain about it because if you don't want to serve me, you don't want my money. And gosh knows I like to go out and eat good food and drink great wine. So I'm the kind of customer you want. Plus, I'm a fabulous tipper. There you go. If you don't want me there, see you later. Uh, I'm okay with it. Uh, but this is just delusion. Oh, Fetterman, by the way, met with 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 uh, Biden did a speech about the collapse bridge. This is what he had to say. Ah, oh, it's just this is the Democratic Party in 2023. And now I'm standing next to the president again, next to a, a collapsed bridge here. This is a president <laughs> that is committed to infrastructure. Yeah, and then on top of that, uh, the the jewel uh, kind of a uh, uh, law of the inflation uh, bill that is going to make sure that there's going to be bridges all across like this, all across the America getting rebuilt. Okay, so you have a guy who obviously um, is uh, handicapped, all right? And that, of course, is not funny. But what is funny and sad and deserves uh, commentary is the fact that the Democratic Party continues to use this guy as a political tool. Never forget that it was every mainstream media operative political type that told us during the election, told us in 22 that Fetterman was fine, that he was okay. So when you hear those same types chastising conservatives for laughing at Fetterman calling Biden a bridge and mispronouncing basic words, my retort to that is you a-holes all shoved this guy down our throats and covered for him and told us he was fine. So which is it? We're not allowed to make fun of him because he's not well. By the way, I, I think that's accurate. Or alternatively, he's perfectly fine to be in office. Uh, we, you know, he was a better candidate than than Dr. Oz. And what else? And so, therefore, uh, we can make fun of him for being an idiot. Again, it's the inconsistency of logic. It's the denialism of reality. These people would make the Bolsheviks blush with their absurdisms. So yes, in Washington, D.C., Biden can claim that gays get married in the morning and get thrown out of restaurants uh, at night. Fetterman calls Biden a bridge. Everything's fine, and Antony Blinken is in China giving Taiwan away. Wonderful. I feel great. Oh, and by the way, Kamala Harris, who is a legitimate idiot and a moron with no obvious medical handicaps to account for her mental deficiencies, is a heartbeat away from the presidency. Unbelievable. Now, I, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll tell you the only hope here, 
is some kind of a turnaround in 24. And I, I again, as I said before, I don't know if Biden's going to be the nominee. I don't know. I think that the sharks are circling. And I'll tell you this. You think Biden's bad. Governor Gavin Newsom as president is megaton worse. Mark my word. So, uh, yes, this lawsuit. I'm going to get to this. 13-year-old girl. We just have a few minutes, but I, I've got to cover this. Expect more of these lawsuits. And I say this as a personal injury attorney. I understand the law and the basis of this. They're tough. These cases are tough. They fall, um, and I, I haven't seen yet a published a version of this, uh, a copy of the complaint. So I, I don't know what theories of liability they have, but I'm going to look into it here this week as it becomes available. But but as I understand it, right, the the when this falls under medical malpractice, it's it's a it's a tough hill to, to climb. But to the extent that it doesn't fall under med mal, and I think it's really a basic a battery, to be perfectly honest, um, an intentional tort. This this girl, by the way, she's 18 now, but she alleges that she went into Kaiser Permanente when she was just 13 years old, and she went in there. And this is, this is just awful. She goes in, and they gave her – the doctors just spent 75 minutes with her, vetting her. And then b- before they, they, they stamped the sheet, said, okay, all right, we're going to start with, uh, with treatment. She was fast-tracked. Uh, the doctors uh, gave her drugs, puberty blockers, testosterone, and eventually a mastectomy, all in the span of just a few months. They removed her healthy breast tissue at 14. This all happened down in San Diego. And it is absolutely barbaric and inexcusable what occurred. The suit mentions names doctors as co-defendants Lisa Christine Taylor, Winnie Mao Yu Tong, Suzanne Watson, and Myrna Escalante. These are not doctors. They are butchers. These people ought to be tried for crimes of what they're doing to kids. But of course, you know, they get forty, fifty thousand dollars a kid. It's very tempting. They get paid. Obamacare covers these procedures. The state of California probably gives them payments too. So you can see how this the, the, the financial rewards in these cases are what coaxes doctors to turn their backs on their Hippocratic Oath, to do no harm, to help, and instead taking confused kids, kids with, with, with other underlying mental health issues, autism, bipolar disorder, etc., and setting them on a, an, an, a, an, a collision course with disaster. These doctors ought to be ashamed of themselves. Now, she's since uh, started on a path of detransitioning, which, as you know, is, you know, it's, it's like the old saying, you can't unring a, a, a bell. It's, it's, it's done. Her body is forever scarred. Uh, these kids, when they've been on these puberty blockers and they've, they've been on the, the, just the drugs alone, by the way, will cause life-altering changes to them physiologically. And, and in many cases, they're, they're never able to have kids, even if they later don't get surgery. 
They're not able to have orgasms. They're not able to have normal sexual lives when they mature. It is absolutely barbaric. As I've said before, I, I think this whole thing is, um, is, is insane, and, and I, I honestly think this is a mental health problem that ought to be addressed, not as a, a medical surgical problem, but simply as a mental health problem. But if adults want to do this and they want to move forward, the age is 18. That's, you know, you're on your own. You're an adult. Now, your brain isn't formed until 25, so, you know, we put a, a, a disclaimer on it and tell you, you know, you better be double sure that you want to do this. But at 18, go for it. At 13, it is unbelievable. This girl, by the way, they started her on puberty blockers and testosterone at age 12. It is an absolute scandal. And there's photographs. She's documenting her life. Um, and it is, it is scarring. I hope this, I hope this lawsuit's able to prevail. I hope they win this. Uh, and I, I, I'm going to follow this very closely. All right, friends. Our two hours of radio uh, is up. We are, I know, it goes by fast. By the way, uh, hit us up on the podcast. This is where you find out uh, stuff as it, you know, if you can't catch every moment of the show, you can then listen to the program later. What's Right Show on the Odyssey app, on Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, you'll find us. Uh, and of course, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at What's Right Sam. I, friends, will be back tomorrow. Don't worry, we'll do it all over again. Have a wonderful time. You've listened to the What's Right Show. See you tomorrow.